So how would you do that? If you look. Okay, so first let's find the, uh, the stock. Uh, okay. Okay, trade. Okay, see, it went down 60% today. Oh, so GameStop oh, stock, shit. $90. It was 150 yesterday. Uh, out of short of that, you could short it right now. Nah. Just short like one or two. You do trade. All right. How, sell sell short. short. I'm gonna sell short. Quantity, how many? How much is a share? $90. So? It's not gonna. It's not gonna go up that much. It's not gonna go back up to its like high. It's not like this thing is gonna hit the record highs again. GameStop stock. Like, what is GameStop gonna put out? You can sell a couple short, and then I think within a couple weeks, you should probably be able to get out. It's not gonna last that long. Mm. But it could go up. But it could go up. Could go up. It's fan being on its last end. What are we gonna do? How many are you gonna sell short? Let's get this number down. It's gonna be one. It's gonna be one. One share of GameStop stock. Let's see how this one goes. Alright. Should we pray for it? second order type market what is that market limit stop stop limit just what it's gonna be uh order type like it what's let's say because this thing is gonna execute tomorrow morning mm -hmm. and we do you, like you don't know what it's gonna open at no. so you estimated the amount is gonna be 85 20 that's what it's gonna estimate at mm -hmm. but is there a limit of how like it could it could open, it could even, open higher or lower it can open higher or lower so if it opens lower then, so I'm just going with the market opening. Yeah, you can just use the market. Okay, so you'll just take whatever they yeah, the market is. Okay, fine. and you and timing is stable. Okay, that's fine. And then that's it. Order can't be placed. Oh, why? Please read the order verification message. Why? Probably. A short sale is not allowed. In oh, you need a margin feature. Oh, it means you need some backup cash or something? Uh, they have to probably turn... Margin is like... Well, they have you have to be able to borrow the money. It's I a mean, different kind of account. Uh, you have to set it up. Yeah, fuck all that. Not for one. I think we're going to be a winner, though. You think so? <laughs> I think so. I'd have done a thousand. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we did uh, John 3 and I think John 4. Now, Jesus learned that the Pharisees, well, actually, what did you think? I mean, just a like overview of John 3. What I did think you we think only got John halfway 3? through this. Um, no, didn't we? On? Is that on? Yeah. Okay. But I do, I have edits and stuff. Uh, but whoever lives, this is, mm -hmm. that's where we, we finished. Yeah, we, we talked about that a lot, but then yeah. here. Oh, we didn't finish this part. Mm -hmm. um, 
Okay, so we didn't finish what... Uh, okay, then it said after this. So it's kind of like... John testifies again about Jesus. So we're... Uh, John, okay, so after this, Jesus and his disciples went out into the Judean countryside where he spent time with them and baptized. Now John also was baptizing at Aon near Salim because there was plenty of water and people were coming and being baptized. So John was baptizing people and it said this was before John was put in prison, which happened later. So he's kind of establishing a timeline here. Mm-hmm. Um, because before, you know, every, everything was out of order and at, at, at this point, um, I, I think now he's talking about things in the order that they happened. So all of this was actually early where the, the other stuff wasn't. And then it said this was before. So then an argument developed between some of John's disciples. So this again is because John still had his own disciples. So even after those first two disciples went with Jesus, went with Jesus, um, right. That was, um, mm, we, that's all we talked about last time. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Uh, where were we? Um, so then they came, they were, uh, John's disciples and a certain Jew. So John's, so there were still those disciples and he still had his disciples. And then it's a certain Jew. Yeah. And then there was some Jew. Was Mushagoy? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> he was not a mensch. <laughs> the Mushagoy. And came over to the matter of ceremonial washing. They came to John and said to him, Rabbi, the man who is with you on the other side of the Jordan, the one you testified about, look. He is baptizing, and everyone is going to him. To this, John replied, A person can receive only what is given them from heaven. You yourselves can testify that I said, I am not the Messiah, but am sent ahead of him. So he was really trying to tell people and this is, that he was not the Messiah. And John, This is John. John this is John saying. Yeah. This is what John replies. Because earlier he said, There is your Messiah. Yeah. And he's just having to tell people, I am not the Messiah. I think... Oh, knock it off, Messiah. Yeah. That's enough of that stuff. (laughs) Can I wash your feet again? (laughs) (laughs) But I am stand ahead of him. The bride belongs to the bridegroom. The friend who attends the bridegroom waits and listens to him, but is full of joy when he hears the bridegroom's voice. That joy is mine and is now complete. He must become greater. I must become less. Wow. So, uh, the one who comes from above is above all. The one who is from earth belongs to the earth and speaks as one from the earth. The one who comes from heaven Whoa. is above all. Whoa. Yeah, the one who comes from above is above all. The one who is from the earth belongs to the earth and speaks as one from the earth. Uh-huh. That is, he's not, for, he's talking he's about, talking about he's Jesus. Like, yeah, but no, but he's saying, yeah, he's him. He's from above and I'm of the earth. So the things I'm saying, like they're from, they're from God, but I'm from earth. Hello. 
Andres, Andres, ole pues. I don't know what's happening. Thursday morning. Um, yeah, probably if you don't, if you're not, you're not going to Mexico, right? You don't have 14,000 boxes. <clears throat> Yeah, okay. She did it. She slipped a ticket in there. And it's a one-way. It's a one-way ticket. There's no return trip. You better figure that out. I'll pick you up when you come back next May. In June, when you come back in the summertime, I'll pick you up. Andrew in the morning, take him to the airport. Okay, I changed it. Good enough. Okay. All right. Sorry about that. Yeah. Pick up Andrew, huh? I got to pick up Andrew, take him to the airport. In the morning? Day after tomorrow.
So the one who's from above is above all. The one who's from the earth belongs to the earth and speaks as one from the earth. The one who comes from heaven is above all. He testifies to what he has seen and heard, but no one accepts his testimony. Whoever has accepted it has certified that God is truthful. For the one whom God has sent speaks the words of God, for God gives the Spirit without limit. The Father loves the Son and has placed everything in his hands. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life. For God's wrath remains on them. Oof. Would not want God's wrath. Well, I mean, I think it's, uh, that's the way he puts it. Because he, this, these are John the Baptist's words. Uh, but, yeah. That's, uh, I mean, he's really, uh, this, is, this is probably a summary of John's strongest statements that he heard from John the Baptist. And... These were the, these were the things he said, probably, what does it say just before, an argument, oh, it says, yeah, this was, that was his response to the certain Jew, is these were the things he said, so he made this argument that John had heard John the Baptist say, you know, right, he said John's disciples, so that's, that was John, and, but it was, over the matter of a ceremonial washing? Uh, yeah, so because ceremon ceremonial washing is a big... Uh, it's, it's a very uh, big in Jewish tradition. And so they have a mikveh where there's a... Uh, you, go, you go into the bath and you fully immerse and then you come out. And oh. this, is a, this is part of the ceremony. And so they are... They were, they're discuss, they're talking about that what the significance of that is because at that time when John the Baptist was baptizing um, that would have been a very familiar because of the mikvah that it has a lot of um, th there's a lot of um, similarities there. Okay, the Jew, a certain Jew over. A, an argument developed between some of John's disciples and a certain Jew over the matter mm -hmm. of ceremonial washing. Mm -hmm. And then they go on to describe Jesus baptizing in the river. Okay. No, that wasn't Jesus baptizing. That was, that was John. Jesus never baptized. Oh, they came to John and said to him, Rabbi. So they called John the Baptist Rabbi. The man who is with you on the other side of the Jordan, the one who you testified about. That's Jesus. Or no, is he testifying about John yeah. the Baptist? Um, he's no. Oh, the one you testified. So they're saying the man who is with you on the other side of the Jordan. Okay, so they're talking about Jesus, the one you testified about mm -hmm. Jesus. Look, he is baptizing and everyone is going to him. He's baptizing people in the Jordan. Oh. Uh, it's interesting it says that because there's another part that said it was always his disciples who did it. So I guess this is, in, this is probably an indication that between he... Some of John's disciples and a certain Jew over the matter of ceremonial washing. That is so... Who's the Jew and who? Mm. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, why? It was uh, It was just a certain... I mean, it, they were... 
it was saying it was somebody. I mean, that was just like a certain. They're not referring to Jesus. Are no, they? because there it's argument between some of John's disciples and a certain Jew. Uh, what that meant? Wow, that's that's pretty. Uh, and they're arguing over ceremonial washing. Well, that, that Jesus is, is doing. Yeah, baptizing the river. Yeah, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of understanding if you just go into the ceremonial washing because you just you know I mean it just has a lot of similarities to baptism so like the baptism ceremony today say they're says they're arguing about ceremonial washing right what does it say they over the matter of ceremonial washing Uh uh-huh that's very vague well, no, he's saying what he's what they're talking about. They're saying this is what the argument was about. So they came to John and said to him, "Jesus is baptizing, and everyone's going to him." So he's doing. So like, they're so making they're, an association. Are they, are they tattling on Jesus? Yeah, because they're making an association between the significance of baptism and the significance of ceremonial washing. Because there's a there was a religious connotation to ceremonial washing, and so when they see Jesus baptizing then they relate that to what they're saying when they do the ceremonial washing. And in that, so in that sense, um, that's, what they're, that's what they're saying. They said, look, he is baptizing and everyone is going to him. And so I guess here Jesus actually is doing the baptism ceremony and he is baptizing people and people are going to him and... Then and that's kind of the end of it. Like, well, and then they say they don't like it, so they're arguing about it. That's the argument. That's what they said. They said they came to John. This is a complaint. If they're arguing about it, that means they came to John and they complaining to him. Yeah, because Jesus is baptizing people like like what the nerve of him because he's yeah he's some kind of Messiah. Yeah, well, exactly. And in I mean, he's uh, are they telling John the Baptist? He could be that's, violating that's John's job, and what's he doing doing your job? Look at him over there dunking people in the river like he's some kind of holy man. Yep. And then that's, you know, it's what they're saying. That's what John is, uh, that's what John replies to. And then so he says, you, he says, I am the, not the Messiah, but am sent ahead of him. So he just says he's not the Messiah. Yeah. Uh... And then maybe that's him responding like, "Hey, it's not my job he's doing. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. Messiah. Well, he's saying he's also saying he I is was, the Messiah. I was here ahead of. It, but in this, he actually is saying I am sent ahead of him. So in that way, he's really just saying like, tell me about this person. Like, so they come, they come to him and they say, hey, tell me about the one you testified about. And so they're saying like, look, he's and they're actually complaining about him because it's an argument. Mm-hmm. So they come to John the Baptist and start complaining about. Uh, complaining about Jesus baptizing and then John replies to that and in saying that he says that he's not I mean he's kind of responding to that but in that response he says I'm not the Messiah but I'm sent ahead of him so I know who it is and that is the person I was testifying about so he's he's saying he's the Messiah without fully saying it so they have to think about it and figure out for themselves but 
they he's saying this is what it is. He's the Messiah. So what you're saying about ceremonial washing and baptism, it's like they're, that's what they're arguing about. They're just like completely off base here too because this is a very um, – I mean, th- what kind of argument is this about ceremonial washing? I don't having? think it is off base. I think it's saying that, uh, like, the John's disciples and a certain Jew uh-huh. were arguing because Jesus is over there baptizing people. So they went and told John, "Hey, that guy's baptizing people. You know, what's it, who's who's he to be doing that? And uh, aren't you the Messiah? Aren't you the Holy One?" And John's like, "I'm not. The, I never said I was." Mm-mm. Mm. Well, they are offended, and and yeah, but for but they could be offended for John, like like, and that's why they're telling him, like this dude is encroaching on your job, or on your space, or on your fame, and John's like, nope, that's not my spot. That's uh, that's actually his spot. I was just there first, so I was it. I was the one that introduces him. Mm. I think that's what it's saying. Well, you know, who John was the one who brought up the Messiah because if you start with with what they say, they're complaining about ceremonial washing. They're not saying he's the Messiah. It's John who says, I am not the Messiah. John testifies again about Jesus. He did that the first time. But if you you go back to this conversation, but then we're going back to the beginning of the conversation because in verse 25, it says, an argument developed between some of John's disciples and a certain Jew over the matter of Samuel Washington. So that's the beginning of this conversation, that the disciples and this certain Jew are having a an argument over ceremonial ceremonial washing, and it could only be with a certain Jew because it, this would be a Jewish tradition that they're arguing about. So it's not like anybody's just coming up with some ceremonial washing well, but it's a certain jew talking about their traditional very uh, religiously you know there's a lot of theology and understanding with the cer- ceremonial washing and so this person who they're arguing with saw jesus kind of take a lot of what their understanding is of ceremonial washing and then use that in a way that they're now just they don't like mm-hmm. they, and so yeah, they, they don't approve of they don't yeah that, their tradition yeah it's it's against what they're well, you know what they believe and so now that's what they're complaining about and they're the summary of their complaint it says they came to john and said rabbi the man who was with you jesus on the other side of the jordan the one you testified about Look, he is baptizing and everyone is going to him. So they're seeing Jesus baptize and everyone is going to him. And John is now, now John is replying to their, to their complaint. And he basically says, that I'm not the Messiah. And, and this guy and is. is. But they didn't bring up the Messiah. He did. Right. Because they. But they didn't either when he was testified well, the is, first time. Well, yeah, but this is this is what their understanding is. They have they don't even understand the Messiah. So what he's doing here is he's letting them know, look, the I'm not the Messiah, but I'm sent ahead, but I am sent ahead of him. So I know who he is, and that's what this is all about. So the guy, so what they're what he's saying to them is the person that you're here complaining about ceremonial washing is actually the Messiah that you're talking about. And look, here's some of the things with ceremonial washing. It's very important. Now, um, in the Orthodox, tr- I mean, in Orthodox tradition, 
they have a whole ceremonial washing. It's a it's a constant uh, expression, and they're always having these washing ceremonies. So the ceremonial washing is something that's it's it it still has that significance. It's always had a lot of significance in for us. It went well, really a certain. Um, I mean, this is, I'd say, this is a certain branch of Judaism, of people who take the ceremonial washing. Still to this day? Oh, yeah. Very much. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I was, I knew these, like, people, you know, people in this, like, uh, who, I mean, who were, like, basically living very orthodox lifestyles because they, um, they, they, there's a lot of things they take. Uh, and they put as part of their lifestyle that are out of um, out of the Bible, and then that is straight out of the Bible, literally. Well, there's you can read about the ceremonial washing. So there is a there's a I mean there's a description of what ceremonial washing is and how it was a part of the ancient Israel. And so that maintains itself throughout the text. And then that even just continued to maintain itself to today. And so, but it's, I mean, it's, it's really within this, uh, within the Orthodox, um, I mean, within Orthodox, that's, that's a, a, a major component of it. Well, I mean, but so foot washing used to be a, correct me if I'm wrong, washing someone's feet was a huge sign of respect and and like uh admiration or adoration back in the bible days uh well i mean that one is in uh last supper so in the last supper uh there was a foot washing ceremony that uh but isn't it mentioned several times throughout the bible jesus when someone feet i mean feet you know i'm trying to think they wash let me wash your feet and let me wash your feet. Yes, like oh, you're, the holy one has come. Let me wash your feet. Let me feet. wash your feet. Yeah, I that sounds kind of uh, sexual like that. No, I mean no. I I remember reading it. So, I'm, so I guess we'll have to come upon it sooner or later. But uh, there was a part in uh, Ruth where she was laying at the feet of Boaz, and it, so she did was. She wash his feet. I don't think she washed his feet. She was just laying at his feet. But that was something there. There's a lot of stuff like that. Okay, well, anyways, where were we? Mm, well, we were really... We almost started John 4. We're so close, but <laughs> <laughs> we really did good, I think, on John 3. Cause, well, let's just finish this up so we can start John 4. Uh, well, you know, the rest of this, you know, I think 31 to 36... He, this is probably John's. Um, oh no, we did read. Okay, so and I think this is just John. Uh, this is just describing the difference between God and Jesus, the the Holy One from above and uh-huh. the One from the earth, is because it, Jesus is the Son of God, the representation of God, because God is cannot even, like I said before, you can't even fathom. Mm-hmm. Me, uh, yeah. The angel of God. The angel of God is how yeah. people yeah. have to talk to God because mm-hmm. they can't talk directly to God, yeah. right? So it would seem that this is kind of a description of Jesus's place on Earth, and He's the Messiah. Mm-hmm. This is how He's the Messiah. He's the one. Yep. 
Yep. The one from above is above, and the one from below is from the earth, think, but it's representing the... Yeah. And uh, there's, I mean, I think he describes it very well. And he then says, I mean, well, the last one is then whoever, I mean, this all, I think everything he says is, well, this is the last line. Whoever believes in the sun is eternal life. So that's pretty clear. That's a great uh, one. Like, that's a good. Sounds good to me. But whoever rejects the sun will not see life for God's wrath remains on them. And that's the way to put it. Like, they will not see life for God's wrath remains on them. But, and uh, life is, as we, uh, I think, talked about before, was the, the birth of the spirit after the death after, of the body. Right. Born again. Yeah. That's like you're not born again. So Jesus talks with the Samaritan woman. Uh, John 4. Now Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. So John was continuing to, to, to gain disciples. Although, in fact, it was not Jesus. This is, it's interesting he says this because it kind of references to him actually baptizing. Although, in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. Mm. So maybe he's just correcting that to say, you know what? It never was Jesus. It was always us who was, who was discipling, even though John but said the, that. The word is going out to the Pharisees as if Jesus is baptizing all of these fine ladies and gentlemen. Um, that's, what, that's what the report was from when they were getting into the argument. But... Um, it may, that's why this is maybe John correcting that. I mean, it's, he could have be, he could have been like, you know, quoting someone here and then like just giving his version mm -hmm. of, you know, what, or the what it was. explanation of it. Yeah. Yeah. Now he had to go. Now he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria. So Samaria is, uh, well, so he, if he's in Judea and he has to go to Galilee, Galilee is like the North uh, west, uh, northeast of the country is the Galilee. So, and it's the, you know, it's, so that is kind of, and the Galilee was always, uh, it's kind of like the backwater of the, of Judea. So to leave, so, he has to leave one little, one province and go back to another he province. He goes through Galilee. Samaria. Is that where Mariah is from? Um, What's Mariah? Mount Mariah? No, Mariah of the Bible. I think it sounds familiar. Mariah? Mm. I don't know. I, Mount Mariah sounds familiar. Mariah. I think there's definitely a lot of things happening with Samaria. Samaria is definitely a very special place, and there's a lot of meaning to what Samaria is. Um, but in this place, you know, one of the things about Samaria is that at this time, it was Judea and Samaria, and there was a split between the two. And in Samaria, you had these people that were called Samaritans. And no, oh, that's where Samaritans come from. That's where Samaritans come from. They come so from Samaria. They were like Jews, but they were good. Uh, yeah. Not bad, no. like Jews. <laughs> the other way around. It was the other way around, okay? What it was. <laughs> I was just being. <laughs> well, there was no such thing as a good Samaritan. That's what it was. It was like a, a Native a, American. Uh, well, they were they the were only came, good one was a dead one. <laughs> <laughs> they came from a line. They were like related to the Jews, but there was a split because after the um, they were you know they had kind of there was like a split between 
the Jews. And then these Samaritans had come and they were like somehow related to a mix with another people and they became like their own Samaritan group. Hmm. So it was them and something else. So they actually had um, they actually had a lot of relations with the Jews in terms of similarities in culture, but they were now so they thought were, as, as distinct. They were like Jewish gypsies. So, yeah, like, well, around. like, they were kind of on the... So they ended up, like, still in that spot. They're still in... They stayed in Samaria. Now, well, there was... Well, Samaritans, and then that's basically it. They've been in there. The, that Those Samarians, those Samaritans are still the Samaritans. And so they've maintained kind of like in Samaria. Okay, so he had. But the, at this time, they were di- they were a different people. So now, so he came to a town in Samaria called Sichar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph, which is also a very specific place because there's a lot of references very. to Jacob and Joseph. And this is seen in Genesis twenty nine ten. We read that. Uh. Well. Yeah. But. We did, yeah. And there was, uh, I mean, there's just uh, things happening there that are being related to here. So, I mean, this is just, you know, one of the things is is great to see is you can get a whole other understanding. with the same story Uh or timeline. Uh Uh-huh, because you see these physical references to specific places. So then he says Jacob's well was there. So at this time, they knew really... Jacob's well was a well-known place. And Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. So now J- now uh, John knew the time and he knew he could also see that Jesus was actually tired. So that's pretty interesting to see Jesus a very uh, human-like. Mm-hmm. And, G- and John was the, you know, the person who, who not- noticed this. Now, when a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? And it says in brackets, his disciples had gone into the town to buy food. So parentheses in parentheses. So John put this in parentheses to let the reader know that what is being said here between Jesus and the Samaritan woman is pretty just between them two was between them two because they were not there. So he had gotten this another way. And so these would have been like this story right here, how he would have known this is, uh, you know, this, it would have been for really from the Samaritan woman's perspective, because we know it couldn't have come from John's perspective. Only the Samaritan woman would have had a lot of these details. Or Jesus. Well, Jesus didn't. That's not how Jesus passed down his. Jesus didn't go and tell people stories about what he John's did. John's his buddy. Maybe well, he, he explained it. Uh, Here's I think, what happened when oh, he went to town. Oh, you're right. I think he did explain it. Uh, well, I think we'll, we'll see that's that the too. More, that's just what I would go to. That's what I would go to when I read. Well, that. I would. You know, I think it's actually both because I think that's how Jesus would have. Would have done it. What would Jesus do? I think he would have just done what he wants to do. And he would have also... Um, oh, hold on. Hey. All right. I put a flag in so I can edit this. We're trying to find out where 
It's Samaria is from Mariah. All right. Mariah? Mariah. Mariah Dick? Mariah. <laughs> All right. You know Mariah's last name is Dick? Mariah Tanner? <laughs> no. Her real, name's la- her real last name is Dick. That's hard. I know. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> you know, I went to school with her. I'm going to do the hot I'm doing the hot Okay. You, you went to school, went to school with, with hot dick? Uh, she was Tanner when I knew her, but yeah, oh, so we came up with Mariah Dick. But I didn't know her. I knew her after she was Mariah Dick. Oh, you guys, the sky is purple again. Come look. What? Yeah, the sky is purple again. Look. Oh, that's College uh, greenhouse. They use these UV lights. Oh, black lights at night. So when you see this, they, oh. I, I don't think they're black lights at all. It's just when this, when it gets to this fog, like it, these lights get in. You, they can, you can see it in the water. Yeah, yeah. Ah. So if you go like, I think it's maybe over by Safeway or something, or like the whole sky looks purple. But babe, mm. take a picture and show it. Oh, you're still recording. But yeah, I'm gonna. I have to keep going. It because then you'll like really see it. So yeah, I, when I, I went to go get Edon, and I was like, dude, I have to like tell somebody or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I was like, I hope he can see it because I had never seen it before. It gets more pink today, but maybe because it's lighter, or I mean, not as dark out. Oh, you're not gonna want the flash. Oh, the flash. I'll do sideways, actually. Okay, yeah. Damn. You hear that water? I know, huh? Sounds good. So you want to hold it there for a minute? Because the um, when it takes the picture and it's nighttime. Can you get the could... night vision? Like, you have to, like, hold it there? It'll kind of, like, here, and then go to your photo. Damn! That looks so sick. That's cool as shit. Can you see it on his phone? Yeah, my phone wouldn't capture it. Oh, it's still pretty warm. Wow. Hey, Ben. Uh, Sit up. You want me to carry I, that upstairs? Yeah. I tripped the switch again. Why? It just keeps tripping the switch because I don't have a surge protector. Mm. What one would I... Would it be on the... Um, do I just shut it off and then turn it back That's on? That's what I did last time. And then it... Does it trip the breaker or GFR? The breaker. I Except think. I mean, I don't GFR. know the difference. Sorry, you're talking. Um... I mean, I'll just plug it into here, but I want to know what to do for the future. Uh, you can look at it later. Yeah, I don't really know what... It's got a GFI on the plug, right? Uh, the little red and yellow? Yeah. yeah. And that's not working. Yeah, you can't oh, help it. Oh, it's not working, so it's... You want some of that foot. So oh. does that mean it's the breaker? Or it's not as sense... Oh, no, your circuit's probably a 15-amp circuit, and that's a 20-amp... Uh, machine gun that you're plugged into. Oh, so what do I need to do? Uh, make your electrical better. Oh, okay. Maybe I'll just uh, run it through the garage in the future. Mm, and I'll put it like on one yeah. of these things. There's probably yeah. a 20 amp receptacle in the garage. Okay. 
Okay. Or what, if you show me your breaker, I can tell you. Where yeah. is that? Just on the little. It's thing. in the garage. Yeah, in the garage. I was just plugging it in here, but it's not um, convenient. Yeah. Yeah, we gotta keep that thing open. It's weird. They call them convenience receptacles. What? Plugs. They're called convenience receptacles. How are they and called convenience so receptacles? I see. That's the electrical term for them. Why? Because I guess because technically, if you need power, you don't have to touch a live wire <laughs> together. You can use a convenience receptacle to plug into power. I see. Well, it is pretty convenient. Well, it is. It's a receptacle because it is a female that accepts something into it. I see. Uh, actually, it then makes a lot of sense. If you're going to talk about getting electricity. But it also works in other ways, like Nora is a convenience receptacle for me. But I mean, it'll, yeah. it'll stay good for like two or three days, and then maybe like on the fourth day, it'll just flip it. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's probably constantly on. Yeah. Yeah. So that will heat up the wires and it'll trip the circuit. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. So you we stole my new lighter. Figure it out. Damn, I can't believe, okay, well I gotta tell my mom the sky is purple because she wanted to see it. I'll just let everybody know. Sure. In all of the land. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what sure. are you guys saying about Samaria? Well, we're gonna, yeah, uh, Samaria, oh, oh, fuck. Is it still recording? No, no, I just got some water. Sorry, I didn't realize it was recording. No. Yeah, but it's fine, I'll edit this. I got to You guys got the new phones, right? Yeah. Yeah, take good pictures. Yeah, I don't think I would have been able to get on my old phone. No way. But you could try. No, it's your old cheap phone. I can send you a picture. Uh, if you want to take it on my phone, and then it'll be like, you took it, you know? <laughs> so, listen, the first time I took, I saw that, these were on. Oh, you And I was like, maybe it's like a reflection, yeah. <laughs> but look at that, like, through the phone. That's so crazy. Isn't that nuts? Alright, I have an iPhone. Whatever. Oh, then it should work. No, it doesn't have as many cameras as that one. Well, Where'd the lighter go? How did it disappear so quickly? Can you zoom in? Kind of purple. Yeah. And then. Not yeah. nearly. Oh. Oh shit. Yeah, the flash you won't want. Oh, way better with the flash. Is it? Yeah. What are you going to touch with the flash? Oh shit, you did get it. See, mine just automatically Oops. lightens everything around it. Oh, that's nice. See, that's mine with the flash. This is mine without the flash. What the fuck? That's better than real life. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, they edit it. It's I, it. I know they auto. Where the fuck are you seeing <laughs> <laughs> No, it's not even real. <laughs> Take pictures of this is not even real. <laughs> uh, that's the iPhone capability. But yours looks good too. That's fucking insane. Isn't that crazy? It like shows the color of all like the trees. Look at this tree everything. right here. It's like it's got an uplight on it. I know. I wish it did. You just gotta put those camera glasses on. Yeah. Oh, 
Here. Need to go get it out of your box of lighters. <laughs> it's just, it's I fucking Ben's lighters on it. You leave here. <laughs>
that one. the most they disgusting little rodent cats ever made. <laughs> That's why they can eat ticks. Yeah. They, they like albino, they more blood. Yeah, they have to feed on blood. Fucking vampire rats. <laughs> <laughs> They're all greasy and disgusting. I know. Hey, baby. Hi. Gross. It's like some pervert, <laughs> like in a rat form. Like naked, like. <laughs> I'm the pervert. Like gross. Kind of like that stinky cheese man from Sin City. Did you ever see Sin City? No. Oh, it's good. You didn't see Sin City? Is that a movie? Yeah, it. such a good si movie. Who, who made it? Uh, it was based on a comic book. We probably did, because I had that hot We chick. probably have the DVD somewhere. That Uncle Nick liked. Um, Jessica, Jessica Alba. Alba. She's like the stripper. I. It's, it's like half in color and black and yeah, white. Yeah. yeah. Um, really good. I don't know if I ever saw it, though. Yeah, yeah you did. If it's on Netflix, I can see it, or Prime. Sin City. Yeah, it's half in color of black. It's like red, black, uh, white, and yellow. It's got Bruce Willis. Yeah. yeah. Oh, dude, we said Bruce Willis at the same time. <laughs> All right, we got to Oh, I was going to say, back to our... this guy. He's like yellow, and people only know he's around because he stinks so bad. Uh, it's kind of like what possums are like. Oh, yeah, just gross little shits. <laughs> this guy, dude? Yeah. Like, ew, what's that smell? Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh. How did you pull that up so quick? The iPhone 12 and 5G. You didn't like Google, you're just all 5G speed. You know, Sin City creepy dude, and then it's all there. <laughs> I'm pretty good. Like, at does it know what you're thinking? Yeah. How did basically. you get there that quick? I could do it probably uh, just talking to the thing. Let me see. Uh, can you. Sin City creepy dude. No, but how did you search that so fast and have a picture? Oh, yeah, here. Hey, you could just say Sin City creepy dude. How did you do it, though? Oh, how did I do it? Yeah. I put in Sin City, and then I was showing you pictures, and then when I, so, okay. You just Googled Sin City? So I Googled Sin City, and then when I was looking at pictures, I saw oh. he was right here, and I clicked it, and then I got oh, all okay. the... That was quick as shit, yeah. dude. That was impressive. Thank you. Hold on. Pride myself. I'm good at, if you ever need to investigate somebody. <laughs> she knew it. Hey, I'm really good. Okay. Well, I'm gonna get more, back to. I know more than I say. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay. So we were on. Pharisees. Oh, we were still on, okay, so Samaritan woman. Samaritan woman. Okay, so all of this, all of this stuff's out. So this is a pretty significant thing because Samaria is very significant. Uh, it still is. And um, the Samaritans are. And so Jacob's well is there and Jacob's well is in Genesis. And we know the time is around noon. So it's, it's it, it, and, he's t and Jesus is tired. So it's, it's uh, supposed to be a hot day today. And when a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? Because his disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. And this was, um, this was John putting this in brackets because he knew to certain audiences that this wouldn't, um, this wouldn't be understood. So he, he was explaining that Jews were mm -hmm. not associating with Samaritans. And Jesus answered her, 
if you knew the gift of God, so she just asked him, why are you even talking to me? Because mm-hmm. we're different. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have given him and he would have given you living water. So he just, again, as, as he does, you know, gives so much information in what he says and, and also say in a way that you, you don't, you can't really understand and you have to, you have to think about what he's saying and he's telling her that if you knew the gift of God, so she doesn't at that time and you know who it is that is who I am then you would have done you what you would have done is asked him for a drink and he would have given you living water yeah. sir the woman said you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep where can you get this living water are you greater than our father jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as did also his sons and his livestock so the woman is now starting to relate to Jesus, but she's challenging him and saying that he can't get any water because they're at a well and he doesn't have a uh, anything to draw the water. He, doesn't, he can't draw it. And so he can't go down and get the water. So she's saying, you can't, you can't get there. And so she's saying, where then where can you get this living water that you're talking about? So what is it that you can do? Mm-hmm. And she says, are you greater than our father Jacob? So she's associating that her, her as a Samaritan had that shared ancestry with the Jews and the split was, came later. And, he, and then she says, who gave the well and drank from it himself. So now she's associating where they're at with Jacob's well. Yeah. And then also his sons and his livestock. So now she is um, kind of coming. I mean, this is kind of a way to also create a conversation with him. So, um, I mean, she's she's interested in what Jesus is saying. And Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed. The water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. So he's telling her that if you drink this kind of water, you drink it and then you get thirsty later. He's talking about the word of God. It's the water. Well, he's talking about himself. He's saying, I am the living water. Mm -hmm. So if you drink me, then you get eternal life. And the water that I can give you will become a spring of water welling up to eternal life. So how do you, so uh, this woman is wondering how you get this water and she wants this water based on what Jesus is saying. So the woman said to him, sir, give me this water (laughs) so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. So she's taking it literally. She doesn't quite understand it, but she wants it. Well, now, yeah. Now, listen to what Jesus says. Gold digger. Go, call your husband and come back. Hmm. So he tells her to go and call her husband to say, she just asked him, 
to come get this water. So he wants to, I mean, why would he? He still didn't get a drink yet. He still didn't get her drink yet. He just offered her a drink. He was thirsty. And he, remember, he asked for water. He still and she was like, why do you, are you even asking me for a drink? So Who then, are you to talk to so me? So then she says, please give me the water, that you're, he, the living water. And he answers in a riddle. He's like, I'm the one who, if you asked for water, you would got living water. She's uh-huh. like, what, dude? Yeah. <laughs> what? She says, You okay. can't even get water. And he's How like, how can I get this water? You come here and you get water. And you'll still be thirsty, but the water I could give you would quench your thirst for life. For I am the living water that will well inside your soul and spring for eternity. Mm-hmm. She's like, that dude is crazy, but I want some of that water. Uh-huh. Where can I get this water yep. that you speak of? That's right. And that's where we're at? That's where we're at. And then Jesus tells her to go and call your husband and come back. Right. So he's been speaking in riddles. And everything he says, but this isn't such a riddle, but it's like, kind of like, okay, well, that's weird. What if you, what if you didn't have a husband? <laughs> so that, that was her situation. She says, I have no husband. She replied. He's so like, well, I'm not just going to sit here and talk to a woman. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> what are you? Go back with the sheep until you find a man and come back to me when you can speak to me with a man. <laughs> crazy woman. <laughs> I mean, that's could, that could be. And then he ran her off with a stick. <laughs> he said, go call husband. Go, come back with a husband. Come back with a husband. I'm not going to give you this water without a husband. <laughs> what are you thinking here? It doesn't sound like Jesus, but okay. What's uh, What happens next? Well, I mean, you think uh, she knows she has no husband. And she says, I have no husband, she replied. Mm-hmm. So Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, so you, now, you have had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. Oh. What you have just said is quite true. Oh, damn. What was that? What was that? Whoa. That was a... Uh... <laughs> messiah burn i don't know how to process that i mean i do but i after just hearing that is a very hard thing to process he just said yeah no i know you don't have a husband you had five husbands but the man you're with is not your husband oh yeah take that like a maury moment yes you are not the, not father. the father that's right he is not the husband uh, I don't know. I mean, so what? So what does she reply? After uh, he just burnt, scorched her living earth. Okay. Well, what? I mean, I. Do you think? <coughs> she says, "Sir." What about that water? She's not now remembering about the water. She remembered what he said about the water, but she realizes the conversation is moved just turned. forward. <laughs> this conversation is taking a different turn. Something's just <laughs> been said, and she has to respond. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. For how else would you know these personal things that you should never speak of? Why not speak of them? She, she just got outed for being a whore. Well, it's potential. She, our, our ancestors worshipped on this mountain. But you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. So, 
I think she took it in a completely other different direction. Jesus is now saying something very personal about her. He's never said anything this personal about someone like this, where he knows how many husbands she's had. And All right, let's go. We're on John 5. John 5. This is uh, the healing at the pool. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals, for he was horny as hell. Now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda. Which is surrounded by... Go on, I can see you're reading faithfully to this word. Okay, uh, let me start over. <laughs> okay, where were we? Uh, we were pretty much just starting uh, all right. Um, okay. Now, there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool. And this, to this day, there's still a Sheep Gate, which in Aramaic is called Bethsaida. So this is a pretty specific place. We know where it is now. And which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie. So it's interesting how he said this, used to lie. It's five what? Right before that? Just okay. Right before that. Is this part of five? Which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Colonnades? Yeah. Um, it's a, some kind of structure. Oh, okay. okay. So what's happening here, just in John 5, what John is doing is he's writing this and he's saying, you know, after this, we just, oh, well, we kind of skipped over one healing. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of funny. In the interest of time, we, uh, we missed a miracle. But mm -hmm. uh, just before this, Jesus had healed an official's son and, you know, he was going to die and then he lived. And it was sometime later that John picks up in five. Okay, um, so some time has passed. Sometime after this healing, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now, there's, there's a lot of Jewish festivals throughout the year. So it could have been a... Um, well, we can, you could time it because... But, you know, it kind of gives you a hint of which one. I mean, we could, we could figure out which one if... Uh, maybe people have... Uh, but he's just describing the time and place. Uh, he's being very descriptive here. And it's, and he's actually describing one of the most famous places there was because for the audience outside of um, Judea, they, would, they might know about this and they would know about the temple because it's a famous temple. And so he's specifying that there's a sheep gate at the temple, which people could, could find in other ways. And then Bethsaida, he's, he's specifying where it is. Bethesda, right? I always Bethesda, that yeah, that's right. It is Bethesda. And, um, and then he's describing the five colored colonnades. But then he says, here a great number of disabled people used to lie. So it used the, to be a convalescent home. It used to be a place where people used to lie, the blind, the lame, and the paralyzed. But at the time John was writing it, that the, co the covered colonnades would have been there, but the, the disabled people wouldn't have lied there anymore because he said they used to lie. How do we know that wasn't how, a place where he said disabled people went to go lay with each other? I mean, I assume that would have happened there. They would have been there. What else are they going to do it's, you know, during the day? Uh, one was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. So there was a person there who, that's how long he'd been there at this time when Jesus encountered him. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? 
So Jesus comes up to him and asks him if he mm-hmm. wants to get better. Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. When I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. So he's saying, he's just complaining. Uh, he, he's going, trying to go to the pool for being he- to be healed, right? That's his- no, just th- he's been there for 38 years. I'm just, this guy just hangs out at the pool. And what, I mean, people just want to go in the pool because it feels good to go down into this pool. So from, he can't ever get there. Any time he can get there, someone can get in there before him and take his space. So this pool is always occupied, and so he's always by this pool waiting to get never in. Never going. But he can never get in because someone else always comes in ahead of him. For thirty-eight years. For thirty-eight years. People yeah. have no compassion, man. That is messy. Well, that was a lot of compassion for back then. I mean, to even have that, but yeah, they definitely had no compassion because. That was his condition. And so that so he is just letting he's complaining about this because he can't get into the pool. Then Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your mat, and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. So that was it was he was just instantaneously healed. Huh. The day on which this took place was a Sabbath. So it was a Saturday. And so the Jewish leaders said to the man who had been healed, it is the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. So. You gotta be shitting me. I absolutely not. This is, this is real. This is true. Now I, I, this is actually a part of Orthodox Jewish culture today that to do work like this and other kinds of work, things like uh, even something like walking on grass because it could uh, you could stir the dirt. So they will avoid walking on grass because they want to honor the Sabbath. And so something like carrying your mat would be dishonoring to God because they have dishonored the Sabbath and done work. So it's a very, it's the kind of, uh, you know, minute laws that um, people just carry. And so it's also indicative of the time of where the Pharisees were at, that they were, uh, their understanding of, of the law as they had it was to, carry out these kind of tasks like not carrying your mat on the Sabbath. And so Jesus in doing that is directly contradicting that law. Get up, pick and up your mat. Did he told him to get up? And- yeah, he told him. He said, get, he told him exactly that. He said, get up. He told him to pick up the mat and walk. So that was actually, that's like a rebellion to the law. That's a, that's a rebellion to the law as the Jewish leaders understood it. I'm going to heal you, but yeah, do it's, this. But it's going to be on a Saturday. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, so he's directly contradicting the Saturday law. But doing it in a, with a miracle, like, how you how you going to be mad about that? How like, you going to be mad about that? You just healed like, someone from dis- disability, yeah, from yeah. invalid. And you're, that's what you're mad about. And damn it, he carried the mat. <laughs> and he carried the mat. Yep. And he carried the mat. So Never it was dishonoring the, the Sabbath. happened. You know, you're in trouble for carrying a mat. And, you know, I could actually take you to, uh, like, Old Testament law 
where that, that has support in how people were treated. So it depends on your interpretation. You could have that kind of interpretation that that is an important mandate based on what God wants. So you have a direct uh, conflict between God in the flesh acting and people's interpretation of what they read from reading the Bible. It just seems like such a... Why should man punish someone that violated this this sacred law? Why shouldn't they leave it up to God if he, if that's the one that, that is being Well, they, they thought that God had given them this law. So... So the... The authority, yeah. The authority of the time decided that to dishonor God would would get you in trouble. Um, yeah, but they they had uh, they had good evidence for it. So, like carrying your mat. Well, um, let's see. There's a verse I'm gonna go to. Killed on Sabbath. In the Old Testament? Uh, killed on Sabbath. About carrying your mat. Yeah, it's uh, Numbers 15. So this is during the Exodus. Uh, okay. So the, well, they the have. Sabbath there's a whole bunch. Breaker put to death. You really think that that's the appropriate punishment for picking up? Uh huh. It says, while the Israelites were in the wilderness, a man was found gathering wood on the Sabbath day. Those who found him gathering wood brought him to Moses and Aaron and the whole assembly, and they kept him in custody. Because it was not clear what should be done to him. So they find this guy gathering wood. It's on the Sabbath. And they're like, I don't know what to do. They all have to decide what to do. Then the Lord said to Moses, the man must die. The whole assembly must stone him outside the camp. So the assembly took him outside the camp and stoned him to death. As the Lord commanded Moses. So they, that's... That's what, that's what they did, and they did it because the Lord commanded Moses to do it. And so since, since then, the Sabbath was, I mean, they took the Sabbath very seriously and what that could, that, what that could mean. Yeah, but I, st- I feel like that story there, like, the punishment's a little excessive, right? But God uh-huh. said to do it. Yeah. Okay, that could be like more of a test of faith. And not more of a law that if you if you do yeah. some labor on Sabbath, then then you should die. That shouldn't. I don't think it should be read that way. Because you know how many people would die. A lot of people would die. Yeah, Popula- we wouldn't have a population problem. Well, that would be def- That would be a problem with uh, taking that Bible verse too literally. But these people were these people were doing it, and they so they have they ended up doing a lot of stuff on. Uh, Sabbath. Now, he, what he said to them after that is, 
the man who made me well said to me, pick up your mat and walk. So they accuse him of this violation on the Sabbath and says the law forbids you to carry your mat. So in, in, essentially they're saying what you're doing right now is displeasing God. They're accusing him of displeasing God by doing what he's doing. And well, people, I mean, people still do that now, but they do it in different ways. So uh, there's a lot of Christians who would say like people's like relationships would displease God or people's identities would displease God or a lot of different people's actions could displease God or even your thoughts could be displeasing to God. So you yeah. could say a lot of different things that you people would make that judgment and it could be something. I mean, and there and there are still people who would say something about carrying a mat on a Saturday as something that displeases God and actually live their life, you know, with those kind of laws. And um, now what he says, you know, to me, when I read this statement, the statement he says is actually displeasing to God. And it's, it's his reply. He said, the man who made me well said to me, pick up your mat and walk. So, he didn't call him God. He didn't call him God. No. He said, the man who made me well. Told me to do this. Told me to do this. So when I, that sounds like that dis, would displease God. And so it's, it's, and it's in contrast to what they're actually accusing him of. But now what they ask him is, so who is this fellow who told you to pick it up and walk? So they asked him, who is this person? So they're, call, they're saying, who Who's is the, the guy person? guy that you're saying made you well? Who is Who's this that? person? The man who was healed had no idea who it was. Okay? So he didn't know who it was. For Jesus had slipped away into the, the crowd that was there. So after Jesus did it, it drew a crowd. And then Jesus left in that crowd. So the man never knew who Jesus was. Okay? Later, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, See, you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had made him well. Okay? Whoa. Yeah. So, okay, well, what's whoa? Like, the record player just stopped. Okay. Screeched, right? He went to the Jew... Uh huh. Where's that verse? And told him it was Jesus that made him well. That was the last. That was the end. The, the man went away and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had made him well. Uh huh. So is this like uh, what on the timeline? Where do we stand in the screw Jesus? He is not the. Well, this is one of the earlier experiences. Is he still a leader of the king of the Jews? Does he no, this is one of the earlier ex- experiences that, um, that the Jewish leaders had with Jesus because they're hearing about Jesus. They would have heard about the, uh, the water and the wine and they would have heard that he's got disciples and now they're aware of this person. And so now they're hearing from this man who's doing this and they've this they've always had they always had a problem with jesus so is this right after the uh when he made the man well and and 
told him to go to Carrie's mat. Uh, well, yeah, because uh, that drew a huge crowd. And so now people are talking about what happened because they, they saw this and then they saw, you know, the man slip they away. They asked, who was it, the man that healed you? But the, at first, he didn't know. Right, but then he came back, went to the Jewish leaders and said, Jesus. After he saw After, Jesus at the temple. Yes, then he went back to them and said, it was Jesus. It was Jesus. That was the man who made me well. So, yeah, it, was, it took the second time. So, first he was made well. He didn't know who it was. And then he met Jesus, and then he knew it was Jesus. So, and then he told that to the Jewish leaders. And then he said it was Jesus who had made him well. So, just based on my non-Bible-based knowledge of, you know, what Jews think about Jesus, that was a surprising sentence to hear. That's all. It surprised uh-huh. me. Uh-huh. Yeah. To, what was, which sentence was surprising? The very last part where he went to the Jewish leaders and told Oh, yeah. He said it was Jesus. Yeah. He was like, oh, it was Jesus. Yeah. He came to them. Yeah, that would be... That was pretty good. Straight up proof right there. Yeah. A testimony from the mouth of the man that was received a miracle. Uh-huh. And he did it at 38. So it took him a while to kind of consider everything and, like, work through it. And he'd be like, yeah, it was Jesus, you know. <laughs> yeah. And so that's just pretty... To me, like hard evidence that Jesus performed miracles. Uh huh. It was the guy that had the miracle performed bore witness to the Jewish leaders. So that's I didn't know that had happened. Seems like that would be more support for Jewish uh, people to believe in Jesus. Uh, well, so the, the those the the way they know this is this that information came from uh, Nicodemus, who was a Jewish leader. And so it was right. John 3 where Nicodemus is mentioned and he, and he was put up front because he was so important. Now, so that, I mean, this, to, to even have this perspective of knowing what the Jewish leaders were doing, it was because Nicodemus was among the Jewish leaders and he was a Jewish leader. And he came and described in John 3 how it is that he came to believe that Jesus was the son of God or Jesus was the Messiah but and, the Jews in the end settle on nah. Well, this is down the line after this. The Jew, I mean, some some Jews did and some Jews didn't, and then that was a separation and also a formation of what became early Christianity. So yeah, so I guess the ones that didn't agree would just for go off on their own. Yeah, and not be included in the traditional Jewish culture. Well, the Jewish, the Jewish culture, yeah, and it went in many directions, and then that this one was, you know, that would, became a different, um, you know, whole thing. Those crazy Jesus freaks. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> We're not, I mean, just it just ended up. In a, <laughs> it's crazy how these things end up because you can look at them and you're like, oh, whatever happened to that? Like there, oh, there it is. Like. Oh, this one with the uh, disabled guy, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed, been there invalid for 38 years. Like, okay. All right. Well, that's where that went. Okay. Um, Yeah, it kind of seems like, uh, I I mean, if I had to put Jews for Jesus somewhere, I'd put him there. Yeah. You know. But they're all. So what happens next? Where are we at? So because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, the Jewish leaders began to persecute him. So See, even them persecuting on the Sabbath, 
They're now breaking the law. They're doing their job. They're, you can't even <laughs> you can't even do your own law. They're like, ah, what are you doing noticing? This guy's like, they're walking around. That means you're working. Yeah, you're working. They're doing work. So now they need to put themselves to death. Good point. So anyways, uh, very... Uh, yeah, now... I guess they're... In uh, his defense... It was a different time. In his defense. So Jesus is now has to do his own response. And I mean, you're, I think you're right. Jesus has this point. He says, My father is always at his work to this very day, and I too am working. Oh, you know, I wanted to go back. There was one point I wanted to... I looked back, and I thought it was something that Jesus said. And it's in his responses. He said to the... Uh, invalid the second time he made him. So after he's better, so he's now he's healed. And Jesus said to him, late, it says, later Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, see you are well. So he tells him, you are well again. But he says, stop sinning. And this is the only person he said who was sinning. He says, stop sinning. I haven't seen him tell anybody that they were sinning in anywhere else in the Bible. And except one place that I think is, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll talk about that. It's uh, the, Whole, whole, other, whole other can of worms. But uh, this place, he tells him to stop sinning. And you go back and I look and say, what is he sinning? And what does this man sin if you're going to describe anything? And the sin that I see is where it said in his, in this is the invalid who's now healed and says to the Jewish leaders, the man who made me well said to me, pick up your mat and walk. So his sin was identifying Jesus as a man and not as the son of God. And so in doing that, it was a sin. And Jesus calls him out on his sin and says, stop sinning. So he says, that's your sin. Your sin is calling me a man. And if you don't stop, something worse may happen to you. So that if you don't stop the sin of calling me a man, you're going to have a, a worse time than what happened to this invalid. Or where was all that part? That is in 514. Later, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, See, you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he tells him to stop sinning. And it was after that, the man went away and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had made him well. So the man goes from saying it was a man I don't know who made me well to, to saying Jesus. it was Jesus who made me well. And so... Supporting his claim. Yeah. And so that... Supporting his never claiming to be. Uh-huh. His sideways claim. Uh-huh. Of never claiming he to be. He never claims it. <laughs> never. But he's like, go and tell it. Go and tell it. That yeah. someone said that I am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> someone said he that. who is. Yeah. I swear, you're going to meet him. You're like, are you son of God? He's like, someone said that to me. It's like, the father said that to me. Like, wait, but are you like, but it's a yes or no question. You are correct in what you say. Some say he who is, yeah. <laughs> is. Yes. Now, um, now, so in his defense, Jesus said to them, and he says this to the Jewish leaders when he speaks to them. He says, so he's not hiding himself from, from all of them. And he said this to all of them, including Nicodemus. And others like Joseph of Arimathea who were there. And he said, my father is always at his work to this very day. And I too am working. For this reason, they tried all the more to kill him. This is something that uh, Nicodemus would have been in the conversations with. 
and said not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. So that's how the Jewish leaders perceived it in what he was saying. And that was... Those claims are outrageous. You yeah. can't be the son of God. Yeah. So this was, this was what they... So this is why... That, that was the reason. I mean, anyone claiming to be the son of God would be met with that kind of resistance. Yeah. Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father doing because whatever the father does, the son also does for the father loves the son and shows him all he does. Yes. And he will show him even greater works than these so that you will be amazed for just as the father raises the dead and gives them life. Even so the son gives life to whom is pleased to give it. Moreover, the son the, moreover, the father judges no one, but has entrusted all judgment to the son, that all may honor the son just as they honor the father. Whoever does not honor the son does not honor the father who sent him. So he gives this, uh, he gives this incredible statement. Oh, he actually continues. Uh, that is a very incredible statement. We, this is actually, he gives three in incredible statements to the Jewish leaders in regard to this. And I mean, he, he basically, he breaks it down to them. He says, this is the way it is. And he gives them the information that if they were really open-minded. But he tends to speak in riddles. You know, well, you know, oh, it's, that, yeah. I, mean, it's I like, mean, he's saying that it's, it is confusing and that's why not, I mean, he does. <laughs> yeah. But he also, he gives a really perfect answer. It's just, he totally explains himself here because they're offended that he, like he's saying, what are you, a man? I mean, it's a valid question. As I think, what do you mean to be the son of God? Yeah, I think it is a valid question. I you think you can't put yourself on the same plane as God. I know, but me. wouldn't you ask that to anybody? Yeah. I mean, he if you if if you were literally looking at Jesus and here's a man who yeah I mean he's done some cool things, but he's still a human. You're and your experience with God is reading in the text and saying God is so much more than a human, and here you are a human t talking like you're God, mm -hmm. and so he actually gave. It says here in 17, in his defense. So Jesus is actually defending himself to the Jewish leaders. And I think he actually understands that some of the questions they have are valid. Because, you know, the whole, you know, before they were asking some, you know, the whole Sabbath thing, that was, in, that was just a, a ridiculous interpretation. But still an interpretation. But he's saying... They also have this interpretation of God as being something, something that is so grand that it could never be fit into a human. And so a human saying that he is the son of God or he is equal Which to is God. backed up by the, the Old Testament that the presence of the Lord was never God directly. And it's an interpretation because you can see that the uh, – you can see it can go in different ways. So it can be uh, – you know, it can be different things. So that's based on their interpretation. He saw their point and he's set in his, giving his defense. And he says that, you know, this is why I can work because my father is always working. And that's why. But then he really explains himself and says, look, I, I am the son. So I am a human. And I, but I don't do anything by myself. I only do what I see the father do. He has a very, he has a, this, his own relationship with the father. Because whatever the father does, the son also does. So it's just this father-son. I think he's explaining he's not equal. He's, they're considering him to be an equal 
Well, he said I, he also explains the, the the Godhead because there's there's the concept of the Trinity, which is Father, Son, and Spirit, mm-hmm. and that's a you know that's that's something that is understood in different ways, mm-hmm. but the in it's under I mean for in the in Judaism that's understood as as polytheism, so they have a different understanding of Father, Son, and Spirit, and so they could say, look, we're monotheists, we have one God. You can't, poly, polytheism doesn't work if you believe in the thou shalt not. That's just people, their interpretation. Right. But if you have three gods, Father, Son, and Spirit, then you're a polytheist. Right. Like, but that can't even be because you can't honor more than one God. God exactly. God. So that's why, Christi- that's why you could throw Christianity out the window and say, how could you have a son of God? Right. So Jesus is looking at this contradiction and saying, I'm going to explain to you how it is that there's one God and Father. And he also, I mean, here he just explains the Father and Son. He explains the Spirit, but he's explaining to these religious leaders who still have this problem about how to have a a powerful God and an all-knowing creator God that they know and have read about and now represented in this person. In human form. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, how can I accept that? It's inconceivable. Yeah. So he's explaining that the son, I'm here, but I'm, I am the son, but I do nothing by myself. So I'm here, you know, the father, he I'm shows me, the father shows the me. Flesh, yeah. Like the, you know, and he says, uh, yes, he will show him even greater works than these so that you will be amazed. So that like, I, he's saying, I don't even know what's coming, but it's also that you're going to be amazed by what happens. For it's the Father who raises the dead and gives them life. I will give, like, I, this is, I'm giving you life, and I'm happy to give it. Moreover, the Father judges no one, but has entrusted all judgment to the Son. That's a huge statement right Whoa. there. Whoa. What? <laughs> the Son God is judging. Judge not, but he's saying the Son he's is the, the judge. The Son is the judge. So he's saying, I'm the judge. I'm the judge. All the judgment, like, whatever you thought back then... About God being the judge, the Son is the judge. So and I do nothing without the Father. The but, Father is the enforcer. But yeah, yeah. But the Son is the judge. That's good news. Because, <laughs> 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 uh, moreover, the Father, but has entrusted all judgment to the Son, that all may honor the Son. Just as they honor the father. So all the stuff that you're saying, I'm like, he's telling the Jews, everything you know mm-hmm. about honoring the father has been transferred over to the son, which is me. Like, this is how, this is it. So this is now. Whoever does not honor the son does not honor the father who sent him. So if he's saying if you don't if you don't treat me as God's son or equal like you're accusing me of, uh-huh. yes, not only am I, but if you don't believe in that, it's gonna be a bad time for you. It's gonna be a bad time, and you're not because you're not honoring God. How he's you're dishonoring God by dishonoring yeah. me. So yeah, I'm just letting you know. Yeah, right. Kind of a heads up, bro. So he's you're just, accusing me right now. Yeah, but I'm actually giving you an out. Yeah. Okay. So you can either treat me as the son of God mm-hmm. or you can pay for it later. Absolutely. 
I mean, that's what I think I'm reading. Uh, what I'm hearing. <laughs> he's telling, he's and he's being very clear about how. I mean, he's almost like giving he you a uh, breakdown. Bold in a lot of these statements that he makes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Throughout the Bible, I've noticed. Oh, nothing like. Kind of like stone faced, uh, just telling it like it is. But it's some things that he's saying that can't be believed. But he's saying it with such confidence. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like a grand confidence. He's, I mean, incredible, incredible confidence. Which I guess you would have. If, <laughs> you were the if, son of God. If you could say that statement <laughs> yeah, earlier. It's true. You, <laughs> Imagine it's true. God. Like, I'm the son of God. I guess it's true. You right. can walk around with the cojones. Just, <laughs> just, he's got. You to, just whatever you want to do. Anything. Yeah. I mean, anything you want to do. It's like all there. So, very, he continues with more incredible statements. Very truly I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. That is huge. He's just like, okay, after all of that, like if you can get there, I, well, I'm telling you the truth. Like if you've heard this and you believe it, if you believe what I'm about to tell you, you have eternal life, and you will not be judged. Death is just the beginning of your life. Death is the beginning of, yeah, you've crossed over from having, going from dying to living. Very truly I tell you, a time is coming and has now come when the dead will hear the son, the voice of the son of God, and those who hear will live. For as the father has life in himself, so he has granted the son also to have life in himself. And he has given him authority to judge because he is the son of man. That's his second statement. That's a loaded statement as well. I mean, this, this could be the, uh, from what I'm, I can't think of anything I've read that, um, that goes like this. And I mean, this is basically the, the statements he was giving to the, to this group of the Pharisees. And, uh, I mean, he religious was just leaders, right? Yeah. This is the, the Pharisees were the religious leaders. And so this was the statements that he was giving to the Pharisees. And this is, I think the most high level explanation, you know, I, you know, you kind of think of like a, I'm just thinking in terms of like technology, like this whole process of how does this whole thing work and what is this and that and that. Jesus is just giving like the executive brief about how everything is happening and why is it that, that this man is standing in front of you saying, I'm the son of God and I'm so much that all judgment that you've been doing with this i mean and you know judgment even in terms of the story about what they've been doing with this uh not carrying your mat and you know what this whole thing is about all of that all of their understanding from reading their scripture is embodied in jesus and the reason is that if you can believe that then you cross over from death to life so he kind of used that the whole situation to his advantage. Performed a miracle, made him do something against uh, this, you know, the the law of the Sabbath. Uh huh. 
gets called out on it and says, uses him to go and sees him again at the market, goes back, why are you sinning, stops sinning, goes back, he tells the Jewish leaders it was Jesus. It's almost like the whole situation was orchestrated. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Somehow. No, like, yeah, really, but I mean, and Jesus knows it. Uh huh. That's what it feels like. I mean, the the level of detail together. Yeah, this one, these ones, uh, they just reveal so much. Uh, His his last, okay, so his last statement is, "Do not be amazed at this, for a time is coming when all who are in their graves will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done what is good will arise to live, and those who have done what is evil." will rise to be condemned. By myself, I can do nothing. I judge only as I hear, and my judgment is just, for I seek not to please myself, but him who sent me. This is a uh, reference to, it's a old, it's a, pro, it's a prophet, and they, it, I mean, it's a direct reference to prophecy that he's but talking that about. Verse it's, it's actually Ezekiel. That verse that was just read was spoken directly by the mouth of Jesus. That one was, yes. Jesus is saying this, and he's referencing uh, Ezekiel's prophecy and about the dead, and it's the, the bones, it's, the, uh, it's the bones of Israel coming to flesh. That's really the only reference in, um, in the Old Testament that has a real direct reference to the afterlife. So even even today, and there's not a solid afterlife concept that um, that's really even that's much prevalent in Judaism. It's not a focus. So in well, Christians really do tend to focus on eternal life, and more so than most religions. But um, it's not really it, when you read the Bible, the afterlife isn't something that's even really brought up. Much but except it, that one verse that Jesus is referring like to. Like in one one verse ago or chapter, uh, did he say, "But those who believe in the word of the Son of God will have everlasting life." Yeah, he, it's not an. Un, it's the third or fourth time I've heard this be said oh, by yeah. Jesus so far, and what we've been. Talking about definitely it's not an unusual thing for him to say at no. this point anymore. Yeah, that's he's thrown around everlasting life. <laughs> so so you're, <laughs> you're you're already on board. Yeah. Well, is he just getting free hotel rooms? I mean, what is he? Is he a street uh-huh. magician? That's, uh-huh. that's that's thrown around everlasting life as a promise. Mm. Like I think so. Drink the Kool Aid. Yeah, it'll be all right. That's it. It's. I mean, it seems like it's that. Um, that's easy. So what do you think of that last part? Um, where, I mean, he's saying some pretty harsh things too. Those who have done what is evil will rise to be condemned. It sounds like he's talking about the judgment day in the afterlife. Uh, after you've passed on from the flesh, your soul, which has been referenced elsewhere. Uh, it's giving birth to your soul of the, the rest of your life. Uh, well, you, what about the, you know, there's a kind of a, I guess, uh, interpretation I hear a lot that is basically, it's kind of a binary where you basically go to heaven or you go to hell. Right. Yeah. So that's what I'm, that's what I'm getting at. So it sounds like after your soul departs your flesh, uh-huh. you are 
as it says there, the the the, the bones are risen from the dead uh-huh. <clears throat> to be judged. Yeah, and I am the judge, and uh-huh. pretty much those. What do you say? Those who have. Well, he says, those who have done what is good what is will good rise to live. Will rise to live. Okay, so that he's, I mean, I'm hoping what, Everlasting you Everlasting know, life that he's been thrown around. Yeah. And those who have done what is evil will rise to be condemned. So there's going to be a condemnation and there's going to be a life. So it's not like it's just he life. He doesn't say what either one is. Well, life, we're, you know, is it the eternal life, life, the, the yeah. everlasting life that he's selling. And what's the condemnation and what is evil? And... How did that get to this interpret? I mean, I don't, you know, I've heard this interpretation of this like hell brimstone, brimstone fire and all that, like pretty unpleasant. It's a pretty place. well-known concept. How did, how does that fit in with what he's saying here? I mean, it doesn't sound at all like there's got to be some like, other references somewhere. Well, not. I mean, this is it. He's kind of. I don't think he's uh, condemned. Doesn't say how. Yeah. It just sounds bad. It just sounds bad, but... Like, don't do... Uh, yeah, you don't... This is... You don't want to end up like this. You yeah, I mean... You don't condemned. You'd want to end up not condemned, so don't do evil. And what's evil? It's not specified there, but it's been... It's been defined elsewhere, right? I, I don't have know. To assume. I kind of... You know, I, I look at these sets of threes, and... The last message, he, kind of, he does this in other places. John leaves these last harsh messages. Like, he does these threes, and then the last third is pretty harsh and talks about evil. And I kind of tend, I just tend to think, like, demon, that kind of thing. Like, you know, Jesus is on a whole other plane of these elements that, you know, Jesus is healing, is ending up. He actually does do a lot of... De- demonic exorcisms and in a sense i think he's speaking with to them as well and it's a message to them that they're the ones who are referred to as evil and in this grand who, plan who is they the demons the demons are referred to as evil yeah the demons are the evil ones and so in jesus plan at the end of it which is what will happen is that they will be condemned and so they're really the ones who are going to have some kind of negative outcome, but they're on a different, uh, you know, it's, they're not like humans. It's not, you know, I, it's kind of, I don't think humans are going to be going through this process like that. So he gives some more testimonies. Uh, well, I think the next thing is now Jesus is going through his miracles and so this is the beginning of John 6, which is the next episode of Jesus. You, that's actually kind of described pretty well. He said, you, you'll see some amazing things if you if you believe. Or what did he say? Something or like that earlier. Uh-huh. He was like pretty much saying, you haven't seen nothing yet. There's uh-huh. more coming. Uh-huh. I don't know what it's going to be, but it, we're, it's going to be amazing. Oh, yeah. You'll see some amazing we'll see. things. see, yeah. Like, whatever I'm, it is. I'm waiting for it. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to yeah. do it. It's yeah. going to be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> It's gonna blow your mind. It's gonna blow my mind. It's gonna blow my mind. I don't know what's coming. I don't know what it is, but it's gonna be cool. So yeah, it's, it's kind of on this uh, crusade, uh-huh. if you will. It's of, great, amazing of, adventure. He's going around performing yeah, miracles yeah. to show everyone, like, hey, let's get the word out. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm here now. I'm ready to do my job. Yeah, yep. 
so he's, this, is, this is his first miracle. And he says, Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee. That is the Sea of Tiberias. So it was renamed Tiberias at this point. Uh, but back, but back when Jesus was there, it was the Ga- sea, of the Ga- sea of Galilee. And a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs he had performed by healing the sick, because that's what he had done at the pool. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat with his disciples. The Jewish Passover festival was near. So this also is a good timing because we know Jesus died at a Passover festival after, during a Passover, or was immediately after. And uh, what? And this one is the one he's going through. So it wasn't this one. So the, we can kind of go through John and time, get a sense of time. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming towards him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him for he already knew, he already had in mind what he was going to do. And Philip was from the area. Philip answered him, it would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. So they're saying, we don't have, there's so many people here, we don't have, we can't afford to feed them all. Another one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. Wow. So it could be 5,000 men. Uh, maybe it was the men who somehow they counted and not the women, or maybe it was just 5,000 people total. My That's interpretation is 5,000 people there. Yeah. That's I don't know why I they... that. Could be. Probably should be. Because women aren't tr- treated as equals. Jesus wouldn't even speak to a woman. Woman... Go get your husband. Go get your husband. I can't talk to you, I can't woman. Talk to you. What are you? It's like trying to talk to a cat. What is? I think she's trying to go get a man. Go get a man that I can speak to, woman. Yeah. I mean, you can see that in John four. Sorry, I have to jest on that, but it's fun. it's funny. It's weird. It's another uh, time, but I mean, they really treated women kind of bad. Uh, oh yeah. Well, back then, it, I mean, it's incredible that they were in this much. So the very idea that uh, women were in these kind of texts at all is, is, ama- is amazing. Is, is amazing. An, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. It, you know, you look at similar, oh, you look at similar histories of that time period and there's way more women in the Bible than of other histories. And especially to have books like Ruth and Esther and then in the, I mean, in the, in Jesus' life, uh, it, I mean, it even says that they were kind of shocked that he was talking with a woman. So he was obviously knowing he was going against a cultural norm. But it, oh, right. Yeah, he did. He did that a lot. Yeah, and kind of breaking them down, like yeah, like. But he made it obvious, like yeah, what are you doing I'm here? To a human. Yeah, I'm just talking to a woman. <laughs> like, what are you so shocked by? Yeah, <laughs> Jesus was talking to a woman. Uh, this, I mean, this is something that a lot of people uh, also point to is that the first witnesses to see the empty tomb was a woman and it was Mary and it was like I don't know they say like so three Marys like, like, come on there was women they said they saw it They're, 
Well, I'll t- I'll, this is extra biblical, and this is in a different gospel narrative that didn't actually make it into the Bible. But there is a secret, well, secret, but I don't know, underground, hidden gospel, but is ancient, called the Gospel of Mary. And in it, it's most, a lot, there's hidden pages, so it's not complete like other gospels, but it's still an accounting. And it says that Mary approached the disciples and told them, and they didn't believe her. So, oh, and that actually mirrors actual gospel narrative told where the disciples what that she saw the empty tomb. Oh, so okay. when Mary saw was who's the first one to see the empty tomb, she goes over to the disciples and she tells them what she's seen, and they don't believe her because she's a woman. They actually say that they actually say that. So they say we can believe her because she's a woman. What she say? We thought she was talking gibberish. I was like, some woman is just speaking gibberish to us. Yeah. And, then, and we had to run and see for ourselves. It wasn't until Peter and John came back and said, confirmed what Mary had said that we finally understood what she's saying. Wow. So that's actual, that's actually true. Yeah. So. They, it's, it's, I mean, it's funny that happened, but how it's described really makes the disciples look like idiots. <laughs> it's just, I guess that was the times back then. That was the times. Yeah. So it's even with these men, they could have, who knows what it could have been. They could have just said, we don't know how, how many men were there. 5,000. How many women? It's like, we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no clue. Just, women. Like, they're sprinkled about. There's just women there. We didn't count. I don't know. I don't know how many women were there. I tripped on one of them. Yeah, just a couple Some of women. Bitch had a broken leg. Yeah. <laughs> I'm over there. <laughs> it was free bread. I brought some, you know. So it could have been a way. So uh, when they all had enough to eat. So, oh, well, we missed the miracle. Sorry, I skipped it. It's one paragraph. So we have at least 5,000 men or more. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. So he just gives everybody as much fish and bread as they want. When they all had enough to eat, he said to the disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So he said, everything, all the miraculous food he gave to people, there was so much that they couldn't even finish the food. That's how much food he gave them. And what to do with the leftovers, he said? They gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. From the couple of pieces? From the couple of pieces. So he, took, so he took a bit of serving and handed out so much food that there was so much left over to feed 5,000 people that there was 12 baskets worth left of food. Dang, dude. Yeah. So... After that, the people saw the sign Jesus performed. They began to say, surely this is the prophet who has come into the world. So they, they understand this is a sign for them. Now, their understanding of the prophet was different and actually is still understood today in many ways. Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. So after all of this, they want to make him the Messiah King because they were expecting a Messiah King, which they still expect to this day and use as a reason to reject Jesus' Messiahship because he did not come as a king. And that is the expectation for the throne of David. And it seems almost like Jesus was doing that to not be recognized as king and to 
play his part in the big overall scheme that he sounds like didn't know what God had planned, but he would uh-huh. just go along with whatever it was going to be. Uh-huh. And sounds like that's actually part of it. That's part of the story. That's well, part of his, what he's got to do. He's, he'll yeah. perform a miracle and then dip. Uh-huh. Come back, perform a miracle. I'm the son of God. Yeah. And dip. Yep. Um, that's exactly it because, I mean, it, it really makes it clear that Jesus did not intend to become a king. And they say to make him king by force. Right. And, by force. and that is, that's the distinction is that, um, at that time for him to have been a king in using the power of God, he would have had to have done it by force. And that wasn't his intention. So he is a king, but not a king by force. And so at that time is he withdrew and he withdrew to a mountain by himself. And so now he's, he's on his own. And when the evening came, his disciples went down to the lake where they got into a boat and set off across the lake for Capernaum. By now it was dark and Jesus had not yet joined them. A strong wind was blowing and the waters grew rough. When they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on water, and they were frightened. So they're afraid in this, in this boat when they're without Jesus. But he said to them, while he's still out of the boat, it is I, don't be afraid. He's walking on the water towards them. And in, there's other accounts for this. this. This is John's account. There's a whole Mark account. This is actually one of the stories that's in all of the Gospels. And in different stories, it's told a little bit differently. So they have... Is it all the same incident? It's the same... In- yeah. Well, he did the walk... Yeah. yeah, I think he only did the walk on water one time. And then we were like, hey, we're going to do it again. They were, you know, he was always... They all had their own perspectives on the walk of water. But in some of them, it says that they thought he was a ghost. So that was... That was a... Under- and other... Yeah. But how could you not think a person walking on the water is a, like a ghost just because they're not flying? The fact that you're walking on water is unbelievable. It's not but you could possible. think it was a ghost. If we saw a person, right? Let's say a well, person. A ghost is unbelievable. I know. So, so Jesus, I mean, think, that's okay. what I'm saying. People have to go somewhere with it. Exactly. So mentally, this they're is like, saying, oh my God, Jesus is walking on water. He's a ghost. He Am I ghost. awake? Is this real? Yeah. That's not real. He must be a ghost. Yeah, because you can't you can't put that. It. Yeah, yeah, right. Which is probably why he's doing it. He's doing it. Yeah, because I mean, I think he's showing this is what people it's think of me. Rough, rough waters, windy and. Well, I think he's show he's shown a lot of things. One, he's showing that even the disciples identify him as a ghost if he <laughs> if he comes in these ways. So, you know, that's that's how people would think of him in that time period. Um, but he said to them, it is, I don't be afraid. So he had to speak to them to identify himself. And then it says, then they were willing to take him on into the boat. So before that, they didn't want him on the boat because he was scaring them. So it was, it was then, and immediately the boat reached the shore where they were heading. So, so basically he's coming up to them He's appearing as a ghost to them so that they're afraid of him. And then once he identifies himself, they realize who he is, take him on board, and they immediately reach Are the shore. At the safety of the shore. And go from the, the being frightened in the storm. Hmm. The next day, 
The crowd that had stayed on the opposite shore of the lake realized that only one boat had been there and that Jesus had not entered it with his disciples and that they had gone away alone. So... They didn't... Yeah, someone noticed. They, they noticed, they yeah. They didn't make it where they were intending. Then, the Lord, then some boats from Tiberias landed near the place where the people had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. Once the crowd realized that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there... They got into the boats and went to Capernaum in search of Jesus. So now he has these people that he fed, and now they're fo- they're in searching they're looking after him. for him. Yeah, so just to follow him because they witnessed a miracle. Okay. Oh man. Okay. Now this is good too because we're at the, the title of this one is Jesus the Bread of Life, and like I said, I think for the how he spoke to the Jewish leaders. Uh, and I really see that where he was really explaining himself at the very high level about how he's operating. In this way, he's really speaking to the Jewish people. And that was who he was giving the bread to. And in this way, he also is really explaining himself again. But he does it in a way by first drawing to him, by giving him everything they could have, giving them more food than they could eat. And they, so they come to him and now he has this very long statements. He has many, makes many statements and here he again makes more strong statements. Um, so now they've reached him and then when they find him on the other side, let's see if, uh, I think what I'll do is, uh, we'll save that for next episode. <laughs>